Hello, and welcome to our podcast. We are New Horizons Christian Fellowship from Starkville, Mississippi. We are about kingdom family, reaching up to the Father, reaching in to each other, and reaching out to the world. We hope you will be strengthened and encouraged by the message. What are some of the words you learn in, in Australia? Crikey. <laughs> okay. What else? There was a little bit of alligator going on, huh? Good day, mate. Yep, mate. What? <laughs> What's that? Vegemite. Yeah, different foods. Chooks. Chooks or chickens. The boot and the bonnet on the car. Right, right. Yeah. Somebody uh, asked ask the new recruit um, that came, the Australian new recruit came to the army and said, they said, uh, did you come to die? And he said, no, I came yes to die. <laughs> and, uh, <clears throat> so, and do you know how you say thank you in Australian or in England? Both of them have something similar with this. I can say cheers, yeah, that's kind of a, you can use that in multiple places, but um, you can, they, they would say ta, anybody ever heard ta? Ta for thank you. In fact, I remember my mother-in-law saying ta ever so, ta ever so, thank you. Anybody else heard, I've actually heard that used here, like ta-ta when you're receiving, anybody ever, ever heard or said ta-ta for receiving something? Look, see, it, it's, you know, it's around, and, it, and it's a, a bit understandable. Yeah, I'm just thankful for kingdom family and the variety that God brings to us in kingdom family. We're going to talk today, we're going to follow up a little bit on what Mark Mathis brought last time when we are talking, getting ready for Thanksgiving. And we're saying, and even the songs today, says we're waking up to heaven Hannah, we didn't prepare for this, but the, the, the message, it's heaven on earth maintaining a biblical positive attitude. That's kind of hard to do sometimes when you're with family, maintaining a, a, a biblical positive attitude. Heaven on earth. And Hannah, first, one of the first songs was waking up to heaven. Heaven, waking up to heaven. Heaven on earth maintaining a positive biblical attitude how do you do that when you're with people that are so diverse sometimes you misunderstand each other communication can be messed up and 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 you have you ever had an argument in your family where, where it's, it's been because you just simply miscommunicated anybody ever had that happen okay so uh we're going to look at, at philippians chapter three for just a minute uh, at the beginning of this, and I want us to talk about our citizenship in heaven. During our worship times, as we're worshiping, there should be a sense of heaven opening up around us. So as, as we're worshiping, we should be more aware of what's happening in heaven. And, and there is this diversity. Every tongue, tribe, and nation, every language group is going to be represented there, and that group is growing and building right now. And And I just think it's going to be this incredible time. It can open up to us while we're in our worshiping time, in our, our singing, our joint uh, corporate singing together. 
We should be more of aware of heaven around us. Heaven is way up there. But just because it's way up there doesn't mean it's not right here too. It's bigger than we think. The kingdom of God is here. Jesus told us to pray, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So, so yeah, his throne is way out there. The throne that's beyond the heaven of heavens. But at least his feet are here. The word, the word says that uh, the earth is, uh, is his footstool. So his feet are here. It's bigger than we can imagine. But we limit ourselves. And, and when we try to have a positive attitude, Mark brings this message about being thankful last week. I'm sitting over there going, I repent. I repent. And I tried to maintain it through the week, and I had some challenges with it. Being thankful, it's hard to find the sad, thankful person. I mean, uh, sadness and rejoicing can come together in one place. Our pain, uh, sometimes our pain is not healed. But God brings his peace and his wholeness into our pain and makes it where we live in stereo. in, In pain and in peace at the same time. Right? So some of us walked in here with pain, and there may be sadness, but when we're thankful, it it changes our whole atmosphere around us. The language of heaven is 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 ta. Thank you. Ta ever so. Ta ta. And I'm saying in baby baby language. We we did look it up. Debbie and I tried to find where ta comes from. And some some of the sources says that that it comes from a baby's first pronunciation of thank you. They could just get the ta out. So a a baby kind of ta, thank you. Y'all, for us to be able to understand and experience heaven, I want us to look. We're just going to go around in in the book of Philippians today. So uh, Philippians chapter 3 I'm going to just read this to you. Uh, Pete, you don't have to pull this up because I know I've got the PowerPoint up. But Philippians chapter 3, verse 20 says, But our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. We did communion, and we're, we're proclaiming the Lord's death till he comes again. We're saying, Cheers! Until he comes back. It's not a sorrowful thing. Poor Jesus, he died on the cross. It's a victorious thing. Till he comes again. Right? It's victorious. But we are citizens of heaven. And too often we get caught up in the things on earth. So much so that we miss, we miss the positive, biblical, uh, uh, normal lifestyle that we should be living. We get caught up in the things that we can hold in our hands. Thank you for letting Debbie and me go to Australia. But I'm going to tell you, I'm about to leave again. I'm leaving on Thursday. And I'm going to Manassas, Virginia to visit a spiritual father that has has been in my life since my high school days. His name is Bob Yarbrough. And he was the pastor of Emmanuel Baptist Church. Y'all, he taught me so much. Now, right now, he doesn't have a position in the church. He's, a, he's in his late 80s, and, and he's going, I'm going to go up there and spend some, some baby time with a spiritual dad. I'm just going to hang out with him. Now, he was pastor of a, of, of, of a manual Baptist church. It was a big church in Manassas, Virginia. I worked on his staff, 
But y'all, this guy taught me about spiritual warfare. He taught me about being filled with the Spirit of God. He taught me about the gifts of the Spirit. And this guy was on the board of directors for the Southern Baptist Foreign Mission Board. He and his family were missionaries to Paraguay. And, th- and they came back after they lost their, their first child, a daughter, whose name was Debbie. I became like a son to him and then married Debbie. And so he had Debbie coming back into his life. Him and Sharon, he and Sharon's life. And, and, and Bob is taking care of Sharon right now. She's uh, down the road dealing with Alzheimer's. And he takes her for a ride every afternoon at 4, 4.30. And comes back home and he spends time with the Lord. I said, Pastor Bob, what am I going to do with you when I get up there? And he said, you better warn Debbie because you're going to probably come back more mystical than you were. There's something mysterious about heaven, y'all. And I said, what are you talking about? What's going on, Pastor Bob? And he said, I'm reading the word, and you know how I love to preach and get it in context. But he said, I'm learning that the context of the word is just not just the book and the chapter that you're reading it from. It should come out of a context of abiding in him. And he says, I'm learning to abide in Jesus. And I said, awesome, man. I can't wait to get there. So I'm going to be messed up more than I am already when I come back. Daryl, Benny, Diego, it's great to have you here. All the way from uh, Albuquerque, Malia's uh, family, uh, on the way back home after some time in France. And, man, this guy, how many black belts do you have in karate? She tried to throw him away, okay. Don't get in his way when he's doing those flag things, right, Charlotte? He got some fire there. We're blessed with moving men in worship. Charlotte and Terry represent something worldwide in movement and worship. They they are like parents to a whole family in that across the world. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for family. You know, but you know, you're yeah, do that, man. I like that. Hey, you are like uh, I'm Sorry, I'm, I'm not addressing all of you, but Daryl, dude, you're like off the charts. I'm, when I met you in Albuquerque, I went, oh, this guy's crazy. I need some more of that. Hanging out with him. He's different. He's actually a lot like you, Ethan. <laughs> and he's your father-in-law. Uh, but, but he's an ER doctor. He teaches uh, uh, survival medical skills. He's been on some of the highest mountains in the world. Man, you're a family. You're a little bit different. I'm a little bit different, especially if I go to Albuquerque, I'm a little bit different. Right? And, but we are one family. We are all citizens of heaven. How does this happen? I've got three points that we're going to run through today, three things that we'll look at. And I, I hope that we will, after we ponder this, that we'll be able to maintain our Maintain our position of a positive, positive, heavenly, biblical perspective. But we need to know that the first thing that's got to happen is we're born again. So we become a citizen by being born again. I want you to turn to, to, um, to Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. This is one of my favorite verses. 
Philippians 1.6, it says, I am sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. God starts a work in us. We are born of the Spirit. He does something. He, he ignites something inside of us. I want you to turn. The, 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 the book of Philippians is written to the church at Philippi by Paul. He, he was like a father. Turn to Acts chapter 16 and let's look at what happened at, at Philippi. How did this all get started? What was the beginning of it? Acts chapter 16 verse 11. Then setting sail for Troas, we ran on a straight course to Samothrace, and the next day to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, a Roman colony. So he goes to this Roman colony, and, he, and it says in verse 13 that on the Sabbath day, they went outside to the gate, to the, to the city gate by the river. Most of the cities that Paul went to in the, in the book of Acts, he goes to their synagogue first. Why does he go to the synagogue? What's he doing? Y'all have, uh, have been around me too much. Some folks would say that he, he went to church. Going to church. Hey, he went on the Sabbath to reason with those that were God-fearers in the synagogue. So those that were looking for God, they were going, the place we can find him, hopefully, is at the synagogue. They knew something was happening there, so he'd go there. When he came to Philippi, there was no synagogue, so he goes to the river because that was a place of prayer. He goes there to hopefully find somebody to reason with, and he finds a lady named Lydia, who's a dyer of purple cloth. And, and, and it says, look, look what it says happens there. Verse 14 says, The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was spoken by Paul. After she and her household, after that, as she and her household were baptized, he, she urged us, "If you consider me a believer in the Lord, come and stay at my house." And she persuaded us. So Lydia becomes the first convert in Philippi. So this book of Philippians is written to Lydia and the, her household. That's family. It was also written to a slave girl who was demonized. And we're following Paul in the next few verses. I'm not going to take the time to read it. I want to get to this. I want to burn through this. Be born again. They were born again. Lydia was born again. The slave girl that was demon-possessed, she got set free. They, they get, uh, Paul and Silas get put into prison because they're, they're, they, they took away the, the commerce of the city. Uh, this, this slave girl was, was speaking future. And, and because the, the demons came out, she... She was, uh, she was set free. It kind of messed up their business. And so they threw them into jail. And remember what happened in the jail? They were not captives because they were living in a different citizenship. They were citizens of heaven. Okay? We are free in the heavenly realms, and it gives us freedom to do things here. Daryl came up to me and said, uh, are you okay if I do some flagging today? I said, sure, man. And I thought, you know what? Just for modeling, why don't you come over to me and say, hey, I'm going to do my flags now. And then I thought, man, I shouldn't have said that. I should have given him some freedom today. He's a guest. He's a visitor. He's family. Just go for it. I knew I was going to say that anyway. But I didn't. Then I turned back and I said, hey, man, be free. And he goes, I'm free. Freedom comes from the inside. Right? 
Things on the outside can't bind us. Didn't bind Paul and Silas. They were singing praise songs in the jail cell. And in their praise and worship, heaven became such a reality that the earth was shaken. Earth will be shaken when we enter into the heavenly realms. When we understand something of our citizenship in heaven. Earth will be shaken. So, so, so they're in the cells and, 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 and the Philippian jailer, you know the story, ends up, he gets saved and his household. That's kingdom family. That's who's at Philippi and that's who Paul is writing to. And he says, your citizenship is in heaven. For that to happen, you have to be born again. You've got to be born again. It means that you become partners in the gospel. That's what Philippians chapter 1 says. Chapter 1 verse 3, it says, And I give thanks to my God for every remembrance of you, always praying with joy for all of you in my every prayer because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day to now. Partnership of the gospel. Paul was saying that they, they were partners together. Those that he had gone to, that had come to, to know Jesus, that were born again, they were partners in the gospel. Got to do this. When we talk about the gospel, it's very simple. It's simple as ABC backwards. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 says that Jesus was crucified, buried, and arose. The gospel means good news. It's a message that is to be spoken out. We go out and proclaim it, and people receive it. So the message is, the good news of the gospel is very simple. Jesus crucified, buried, and arose. Y'all, today, in the body of Christ, hear me. A part of the problem of us not maintaining our heavenly position is that we get caught up, even with the, with the kingdom family around us, and we let things divide us, and we are not to be divided about this very simple issue. The gospel is very clear. The gospel is this, Jesus crucified, buried, and arose. Right? Jump back to chapter 16 of Acts. <laughs> I just saw the book of Romans and I suddenly thought, boy, you're Roman. Sorry. The book of Acts, chapter 16. Let's see what the response of the, of the, the Philippian jailer was. Chapter 16, verse 29. The jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he escorted them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Here's what you do with the gospel. You ready? You believe it. It's news. It... Some say, well, where's the repentance in it? Look, the repentance is turning to the voice that's saying this is the good news. Okay, we're walking away from it. We're born walking away from it. Repentance is turning to the cross. Receiving the gift. And allowing the change that God's wanting to do in us happen. You, you, you see, God, we are babies. All of us. We act like we're adults. And that's where we get into trouble. We start fighting like we know something. If we would simply be little babies, da-da-ma-ma-goo-goo-ta-ta. -ta. 
then we will see more of the move of God than we could ever imagine. So, so, so if we are born again, I'm going to encourage you, embrace the babyness of being born again. Okay? Because Paul says in, first, in, in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, I'm confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it. Not you. Do you see how strong this is on God's part? Sanctification is a work of, of God through a willing and yielded vessel. Repentance means that we turn to him and say yes to him and let him do the work in us. We don't fail God's test. We just take them over again. So let's look in Philippians again. Philippians chapter 3. Y'all, the sovereignty of God is all through Philippians. There's two times Paul's talking about others. Uh, in, in, in chapter, in, in chapter, uh, in chapter 1... He says that some of them have preached the gospel uh, out of envy and strife. Verse 15, chapter 1, verse 15. Some preach Christ out of envy and strife and others out of goodwill. There are some that do so out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. The others proclaim Christ out of rivalry, not sincerely seeking to cause the, me anxiety and my imprisonment. Does that cause you a little bit of indigestion? Does it cause you a little bit of heart pain? To think, hey, they're not preaching it out of a good motive. You know what Paul says about that? Listen. Verse 18. What does it matter? Just that in every way, whether, whether out of a false motive or true, Christ is proclaimed. And in this I rejoice. Yes, and I will rejoice. Listen. If Jesus, the gospel, that simple gospel of Jesus crucified, buried, and rose is being preached, we need to rejoice in that. The problem is when we get too old and we start correcting everybody else. Sometimes if we get a few years on us, we'd correct ourselves that has been doing the correcting. We're acting like adults, but we really should be babies. If we can rejoice in this gospel, the simple gospel, it will pull the kingdom family together in all of our diversity. So the simple gospel is this. It's a gospel of grace, not of works. It's not us that do it. We turn to him, receive him, and believe in him. It's a work of grace that doesn't give license to sin. So we're not supposed to continue sinning. That's when you can admonish somebody. Okay, but be careful with that. Walk gently with it. For brothers overtaken in the fault, you which are spiritual restore such a one the spirit of meekness, considering yourself lest you also be tempted. Galatians 6. Even in admonishment for things that we're doing wrong, having received the gospel, we need to do it with grace. So, the first place is dealing with the gospel. They're preaching the gospel. And Paul says, hey, I'm thankful Jesus is being preached. Y'all, I've had people this week say to me, oh, I can't believe this gospel is being preached by these folks. And I'm going, hey, man, chill out. They are preaching Jesus crucified, buried, and arose. And our responsibility is not a work of works, but a work of believing and it's receiving. Then I'm good with that. 
What is repentance? Repentance is turning to God from sin to serve the living and true God. That's 1 Thessalonians 1, 1, 9. That's, that's repentance. Turning to God from sin. Don't turn, don't turn from sin to God. To God from sin. You don't have the grace to turn from sin until you turn to God. Turn to God from sin to, to serve the living and true God. So the first place is that, that you see that diversity is in the, the gospel being preached. But I want you to see this is something that actually comes from a spiritual father that I'm about to go visit, Bob Yarbrough. In Philippians chapter 3, I've been pondering this for a while. The last time we were up there, I just was sitting stunned. And he was, he was sharing from Philippians 3 and saying things to me that I'd never seen before. And then he said, but he said, if you don't understand this, Johnny, it's okay. I've come to the place that Paul came to. And I realized Philippians was written at, a, at the end, more at the end of, of, of Paul's life. It says in verse 15, this is after the passage, chapter 3, Paul's talking about all of the things that he had accomplished and laid down and counted as dung. And he says, I'm pressing on to that mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. He says in verse 15, Therefore, all who are mature should think this way. What does mature mean? It's the same word that's used in Ephesians chapter 5 with the equipping gifts. The fullness, the maturity of Jesus when we have those five-fold ministries operating in the body of Christ. But that maturity actually means complete at every level. So as, when I'm 10 years old, I'm mature for a 10-year-old. It doesn't mean being an old person when you're young. It means being full, full of what God's got for me right now. Okay? So maturity, he says... All of you who are mature should think this way. And then he says, look at this. This just rocked me. And if you think differently about anything, God will reveal this also to you. <laughs> yeah. It's not me that convinces you. I just speak the truth. And if you've heard it from me, and I know that you've already know, you already know where I'm coming from, I don't have to say it again. In fact, if I say it again, I can pretty much be obnoxious about it. And I'm not letting God do his thing. We plant seeds, we water, but he's the one that gives the increase. Our being a born again is at the very basis that God has started a work in us. We've simply responded. So, boy, too much here. Heaven on earth. Be born again. Philippians 1, 6 and 16. Say no to the enemy. Philippians 4, 8. We could take some time in Philippians and look at some of the things that you need to say no to. Um, let's do that really quickly. Chapter 2, verse 3. This, this passage here is such a beautiful hymn, a, 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 a picture of Jesus' Uh, uh, coming and, and <clears throat> emptying himself and taking on the form of the servant. So he's saying to them, love each other. But, but look at verse 3. He says, do nothing out of rivalry or conceit, but in humility consider others as more important than yourselves. So don't do things out of rivaling, rivalry and conceit. He just got through saying, others are preaching the gospel and... Oh, well, I'm happy that the gospel is being preached. 
He didn't let that, that affect his attitude. That positive biblical attitude. He didn't let it happen. But here he says, you don't do anything out of rivalry or conceit. Verse 4, everyone should look out not only for his own interest, but for the interest of others. Turn to chapter 4, verse 6. Don't worry about anything. Everybody say, don't worry. He doesn't just say, don't worry. He actually tells you how not to. Don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses every thought, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Don't worry. Don't live in that place. Go back to chapter 2, verse 14. This is a good one. Wow. Verse 14, do everything without grumbling and arguing. That ties back into what Mark said last week. Y'all, I'm convinced that thanksgiving is the language of heaven and grumbling is the language of hell. And sometimes in our prayers, if we're not praying with thanksgiving, that we may just be complaining. So let's, let's be thankful Let's don't do things with grumbling and complaining. Let's don't uh, focus on that negative. Philippians 4.8 says, think on these things. I don't have time to do this. I've, I've got to get to the end of this. I think we're supposed to receive something today. And, and, and I'm hoping that the truth of this is, uh, is, is going deep. Verse 8 says, finally, brothers, uh, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any moral excellence and if, if there is any praise, dwell on these things. Do what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. Y'all, that's a picture of Jesus. Say no to the enemy. Say yes to Jesus. So the last one is be thankful. Everybody say ta. Yes. Ta-ta, yes. Philippians 1, 3. I, I, I love it. He says, I give thanks to God for every remembrance of you. Always praying with joy for all of you in my every prayer. He says, I'm being thankful there. Chapter 4, we just read it. says, make your petitions with thanksgiving, with prayer. We need to be a thankful people. If we will embrace being born again with that simple gospel. If we will say no to the, those negative things, say yes to Jesus. Think on those positive things. Y'all, I, I, want, I want to read something from... Uh, you know who these two guys are? Y'all, these two guys had some pretty strong arguments. They did. One of them was more Arminian. The other was more Calvinistic. And let me just read to you. In response to Wesley's, this John Wesley and George Whitfield, in response to Wesley's 1740 sermon and publication entitled Free Grace, and in response to Wesley's personal letter, which I quote below, Whitfield expressed this hope for Wesley in his own personal reply. There I am persuaded I shall see dear Mr. Wesley Convinced of election and everlasting love, 
And it often fills me with pleasure to think how he, how I shall behold you casting your crown down at the feet of the Lamb. And as it were, filled with a holy blushing, that means embarrassed, for opposing the divine sovereignty in a manner you have done. But I hope the Lord will show you this before you go hence. Oh, how do I long for that day, exclamation point. If the Lord should be pleased to make use of this letter for that purpose, he's trying to convince him, it would be abundantly rejoice the heart of dear and honored sir, yours affectionate, though unworthy brother and servant in Christ, George Whitfield. They argued about predestination, sovereignty of God, free will of man, so intensively. And he goes, I, I, look, if you were mature, you'd get this, but it's okay. God's going to show it to you. Could we do what Whitfield did? Listen to Wesley's response. Wesley's petition had been previously stated in a personal letter to Whitfield. The case is quite plain, he said. There are bigots for both for predestination and against it. God is sending a message to those on either side, but neither will receive it unless from one who is of their own opinion. Therefore, for a time, you are suffered, talking to Whitfield, to be of one opinion and I of another. But when the, his time has come, God will do what man cannot, namely, make us both of one mind. Then persecution will flame out, and it will be seen whether we count our lives dear unto ourselves, so that we may finish our course with joy. I am my dearest brother, ever yours, John Wesley. Can we argue that way? Can we? No, we're not talking about way out there theology. We're talking about grassroots stuff that whole denominations are founded by on. And they were able to say, I'm going to let it go. If we will rally to the gospel, the simple gospel, and trust God to change everybody else's theologies, we might get a whole lot more done. Is there a place for teaching truth? Absolutely. We've got to teach the truth. And we should believe what we believe with passion. But I dare say... Any of us in here could get into a fight if we got into theological conversations. I don't even agree with myself sometimes. So, look, heaven on earth, be born again, say no to the enemy, and be thankful. So, ta, be thankful. Everybody say ta. Say no to the enemy. Say no, man. Yep. And be born again. You see little baby, coo. Right? So what do you have there? You've got Akuna Matata. Haku <laughs> Matata. No man. Ta ta. No worries, they say in Australia. No worries. You want to have no worries? Let your prayers be with thanksgiving. Petition the Lord. Y'all, we will be heavenly minded on the earth. It will change the atmosphere around us. Okay? Be a baby. Be born again. Be a baby. Say no nah to the enemy. No, nah, man. And continue with that attitude of thanksgiving. Now, I don't know if this is going to work, but Pete, if you can try to press play on that, I would be grateful.
This is something that I wrote a long time ago. Back it up because it's not working. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, I did all of that. Turn it up. Be prayerful. Don't worry. Be prayerful. Don't worry. Be prayerful. Don't worry. Be prayerful. You can't unhear that. Be prayerful. Listen, folks, do you want your Christmas and your holidays and your time together with family wherever you go to be one that is affected by a positive biblical attitude? Be born again. Be a baby. Stop trying to act like you know everything. Be right about the gospel. And keep being thankful. I want to pray this over us right now. So just put yourself in receiving mode right now. Father, I thank you for every man, woman, boy, and girl that you've got in this room right now. Lord, would you take us back to that day that we were born again? The freshness, the newness of life in each of us. Lord, we're sorry for complicating things. Would you take us back to the simplicity of the gospel? Lord, would you help us to think of those things that are Jesus? And would you continue to cultivate that attitude of gratitude in each of us? Lord, open up heaven to where our citizenship is secure. And I speak over you a fresh anointing to be like children. I'm going to be a child this next week. And I'll probably get more of the depths of God's word because of it. Thank you guys for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to subscribe to us on Spotify or iTunes. If you would like to learn more about New Horizons Christian Fellowship, and if you enjoyed the music, then please visit the links in the description to learn more. Thank you for listening. And remember, the service begins now. I'm